Thanks for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm April D. Scheffler. I already knew I wanted to do an episode on the topic of abundance due to some synchronicities I'll tell you about. But when I received an email in my inbox yesterday about today's total solar new moon eclipse, I figured now is the time. The email was a newsletter from Forever Conscious. In it, Tanaz wrote, Falling in the sign of Sagittarius, this eclipse also brings the energy of abundance. Well, since this eclipse energy is present through the rest of the month, let's get started following the threads. November 9th was my first episode with guest James Atherton. Since I accidentally failed to record the meeting, I have dubbed this lost interview, the Lost Atherton File. In the linguistic tag segment, he chose abundance as his word. Then November 15th, I attended my first breathwork session via Breathe the World on a virtual Zoom meeting, which is free and available every Sunday. The topic? Well, with Thanksgiving coming up, the facilitators had chosen abundance. I hadn't known that until the meeting started. So in that breathwork session, you're supposed to pay attention to whatever comes to mind because it's not a coincidence or something trivial. What came up for me in this session is something that I probably would have disregarded in search of something more spiritual or glamorous had I not been given the instructions to pay attention to whatever chose to reveal itself. And what it was, was my former career as a respiratory therapist. In this breathwork session, I sat with the sickening realization I had felt during respiratory school that this was not something that I wanted to do nor felt good at. I relived the anxiety I'd experienced as a new respiratory student just outside a patient's hospital door trying to hype myself up to perform my rounds. I had gone through the grueling two years of school completely out of my comfort zone. But for all appearances from the outside, I had done well. I had some of the best test scores to the envy of my classmates. After graduation, it was difficult for my fellow colleagues and me to find jobs. There was a recession and inactive respiratory therapists with experience were coming back into the workforce. With that kind of competition, most employers wanted the experienced therapists over the newbies. I felt lucky that I found employment and it happened to be in home health. Since my work consisted almost solely of setting individuals up with CPAP machines for their sleep apnea, either in their homes or in outpatient clinics, I lost any of the clinical, any of the clinical skills I had gained during school and the imposter syndrome was reinforced. Through social media, I saw that some of my respiratory school classmates who perhaps had struggled more with their grades were really flowering in their respiratory jobs in the real world as though they had found their place. And me, 
miserable. I hated being on call. I can recall the frozen terror I felt when I was called upon to manage malfunctioning home ventilators or baby apnea monitors. Situations in which as a home respiratory therapist, you are very much alone. You are the sole expert and the situation demands you know what you're doing. I remember having to bag or ventilate a hospice patient by hand for about 40 minutes while waiting on a replacement ventilator to be delivered. That one wasn't right, so I had to wait on the next. Every moment for me was agony, wondering if I was delivering too much or too little air to the patient, wondering whether the patient was in pain or if he was aware he was alone without a close friend or family member as he was dying. In this breathwork session, I relived the aggravation I felt during those working years regarding equipment shortages, bureaucratic policies, the push for productivity at the expense of patient education. I allowed myself to acknowledge my steely commitment to my family, which had propelled me to make a better life for us, even when I realized in school that it was killing me inside. This was the only way I knew of improving things for us financially. I had wanted to go to school for dental hygiene, but that program was uber competitive to get into. I saw during the information sessions that people with bachelor's degrees were coming back to school to apply for this program. I did not get in. I also applied for radiology and respiratory programs and respiratory was the only one that sent me an acceptance letter. On the onset, I had myself thinking that this would be great for me. When my grandmother who had COPD and asthma had been on ventilator uh, before her death, I would have given anything to be able to interpret what was on the ventilator's monitors, to have been informed, to somehow feel I could have helped. That and one of my brothers had asthma as well. I was thinking if I could help people manage asthma, I would have found a very fulfilling life mission. But my starry-eyed mission didn't last past the first day of clinicals. Now, I haven't worked as a respiratory therapist in the last few years, but I had always kept my license current with the continuing education credits and all of the fees for a just-in-case scenario. I figured I had worked way too hard to let my license expire until this year. I was finally ready to let go. I haven't told but maybe two people, but this summer I quietly let my license expire. I realized that I didn't want it even as a backup plan. I didn't want it available as an option ever. During this breathwork session, some downloads began to come in as I contemplated this failure for which I was ashamed. First of all, I got the knowing that looking at it was the first step. I acknowledged my pain and shame. I acknowledged the gift that the career had improved things financially and given me the impression that I was empowered to make other important changes later 
that I might not have felt I could do if I was financially dependent on someone else. I acknowledged that so many of my life choices, including career, had been based on fear, always choosing stability and logical choices over what felt right. The next insight came in the form of what felt like forgiveness. The universe was telling me that there was no failure, as there had been no right or wrong choices. With my free will, I had simply made choices in life, from which I had learned and experienced much. The universe gently impressed upon me that I had not been stuck or imprisoned in that career path, although I had felt I had been. It told me I had a choice even back then. Without a hint of judgment, it also impressed upon me that my attitude about this choice had been a choice in itself as well. So in this breathwork session, I felt free to feel my feelings about it, to release the shame and judgment around my failure, to appreciate my choice for what it did bring into my life, both uh, monetarily and with uh, people connections, to realize that what I was and continue to be is an independent being with free will. I was encouraged to see where my ideas of musts and have tos were and continue to be based out of prisons of my own making, from false ideas of what security means, encouraging me to own up to my choices and appreciate the experiences I'm gaining as a soul in a human body, even if those experiences aren't always comfortable. Later that same day, I saw an email from Gene Keys about Gene Key 14. The email was entitled, Radiating Prosperity. I opened it knowing it was a synchronistic gift. I want to credit Gabriel Ginter, host of the My Leap of Faith podcast, for first introducing me to Gene Keys. You listeners know I love human design. Well, Gene Keys are like human design, but on steroids. I have the Gene Keys book, so I read the entire chapter on this Key 14, and I was floored. I reached out to Gene Keys to see if and how much I could quote, secretly hoping I could quote the entire chapter. They replied, quote, for quoting, we use the fair usage policy, so you can share a paragraph or so, and please credit Richard Rudd and the Gene Keys as the source. That being said, I looked for the largest paragraph I could find. Kidding, not kidding. <laughs> the chapter on the 14th key had so much to say about work and compromise. I was so mesmerized by the synchronicity of things. The shadow of the 14th key is compromise. In a repressive nature, it shows up as impotence. The book states, quote, True impotence in this respect is about not having the courage to stand alone and pursue one's unique path. End quote. Now, in a reactive nature, the shadow manifests as enslavement. 
Again, the book states, the reactive nature of this shadow is also based upon basic insecurity. But instead of collapsing into impotence, these people react by trying, by trying to prove themselves, end quote. It continues, this is a classic pattern in the world today. We see people working hard in jobs that are not really right for them in an attempt to prove to themselves and others that they are special. The discussion on the 14th key ends by saying, to create more and more abundance in every direction and at every level of consciousness. That is the true definition of bounteousness. <laughs> by December 2nd, I had been experiencing several days of unrest, uneasiness, dissatisfaction, and overall heaviness. I came to the Akashic Records with the question, what am I ready to get rid of to step into more abundant living? The answer that came back was, the question is flawed. <laughs> for abundant life is there simply for the taking as you are. What you are asking is, what can I eliminate that no longer serves my vision? In that case, your heart can lead you into paths of righteousness, of plenty, of non-judgment. Ask instead, what can I embrace? Vitality, laughter, non-judgment, the list goes on. Little and big things that add light and lightness to your existence, your experience. There are no wrong choices. But acting out of fear, whether of hurting someone else or of consequences, is no way to live. If you feel compelled to act from a place of purpose, a quest for more for yourself and those around you. Try to envision the way widening to include all, all points of view, all languages, both metaphoric and literal, all ways of being and experiencing. Your judgment holds you back from experiencing the full bounty at your fingertips. You undermine and belie your capacity for imagination and courage and creativity. Sense and seek out the wisdom of leading with your heart and letting your mind take a backseat. Always analyzing, adding up, finding things and people wanting, trying to compulsively analyze over and over ad nauseum what isn't working and what can be improved and who is to blame, including harsh self-judgment and critical, abrasive, scorching self-criticism and censure. You are not perfect in some aspects, but you are perfectly human, and so are others. You have permission to make mistakes and try what feels good and discern what you really want. And it doesn't always have to be what's convenient or easy or practical or logical, but where the passion is. Now, passion can flame out and become extinguished, or it can simply quiet and shrink to flare up again with a little wind. You have the choice. The fan is in your hand. Do you want this relationship 
this job, this place to live, to work? If so, start fanning the flame, little sister. And don't just sit there bemoaning the fact that the fire has died. Now, if you don't want it to work, that's okay too. Take some life-giving water and quench the struggling flame so that something new can arise from the ashes like the phoenix of old. Trust in the okayness, the security, that you are always, always held, no matter your chosen or preferred path or the detours that you make. The next thread came on December 7th where I did a mini redo of the interview with James Atherton. He said he wanted to keep his word for linguistic tag as abundance. He added that when he thinks of abundance, he thinks of the bounty of nature. Now, I had just finished reading the book, The Fisher King and the Handless Maiden by Robert A. Johnson, which says in one part, quote, all things in the world are free gifts of nature, air, sunshine, food, joy, and can be enjoyed without guilt or wounding. It is a trick of the devil to turn this natural bounty into a commodity in a money-dominated marketplace. This book ties in with the Gene Keys chapter on bounteousness, as well as my breathwork experience, for it expounds on the devil's bargain in the handless maiden myth and how we compromise over and over again. As Robert A. Johnson writes, easier, faster, more is the great seduction for the modern mind. Now, these were just some of the synchronicities I was able to trace. I know there have to be more, as the podcasts I listen to and the newsletters I read all seem to be presenting the same message of, em of embracing abundance in all areas of your life. Just step away from a scarcity mindset and the, and the societal conditioning around work. So I invite you in this eclipse season to be willing to open your mind and your heart to acknowledge that you have the free bounty of nature already and to accept the good things that God, source, universe is wanting to bring into your life once you free yourself of the limiting beliefs that you don't deserve it or that you have to work hard before you can somehow earn it. I am giving you and myself permission to simply be, which is uh, permission to not always having to be doing. I'm giving us permission to pursue our passions and to stop cultivating the at attitude of compromise, which is the gift of abundance and bounty that has been simply left unclaimed, unaccepted, or rejected. This Christmas season, let's accept and open this gift of abundance together. Thank you so much for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. And until next time, much love. Note to listeners, one thing I'll be exploring in the podcast in 2021 is my human design chart. If you are interested in participating in that discussion in any way, I would love for you to send me your own human design chart. That way, if I see we have some of the same gates or channels activated, I could bring you into the discussion 
and get your perspective on how you feel that gate or channel shows up in your experience. If this interests you, the place to start would be to go to mybodygraph.com or jovianarchive.com to get your own free chart. As always, if you have ideas as to people you would like to hear interviewed on this podcast, or if you have a dream you'd like me to take a stab at interpreting, email me at thesandboxpod at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-S-A-N-D-B-O-X-P-O-D at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.